professional podcast like situation and i have um i have zoom and it's uh, <laughs> and you'd think i'd be better at it it's like what i do like all day and yet ooh. i know well you i mean zencaster is uh easy to get hooked up with if you want to move to that it's not <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think I don't think it's that much better than Zoom, to be honest, because I've experimented I've experimented with various platforms. So well, that Soundtrap, like I have Soundtrap also that I've been I used it before for like music kind of like production, and then like I noticed they had the podcast function, and you can do voice changer, which I'm like, why did I waste my real voice on this? Like, no one needed to hear this, you know. I could have been using like a cool South African accent or something, you know, the whole time. <laughs> um, Yes, yeah, I let, I let, a, I let a do most of the like tech stuff. So I don't, I'm, so I'm not even that involved in, the, in a lot of that. Smartest guy here having a, like, I'm going to have a straight guy on my podcast and you guys, he'll do the hard work. Just kidding. I shouldn't frame it as that, but like you, it really he does. He does though. I have, to, I have to give him credit. He really, he really does do like the like splicing stuff together and like editing out when I say something really stupid. So um, I do appreciate that I have someone who knows how to do that. <laughs> we'll get there. I have, I'm interviewing interns. Like I, I mean, I have like a whole line of Zoomers I've got like lined up. We'll hopefully get, we'll get an intern in here to do all that for sure. Um, so I can be on the level of St. Q92, AKA Q. Um, welcome to Here Comes the Thank Batman. you. Yeah, my new, I actually, I actually went ahead and pulled the plug on the new um, at, at St. Q92 because I knew I was coming to do uh, your podcast. So I wanted to be able to, I didn't want to be still using my old one. I used, uh, as I explained to you earlier, I, I, I was doing Flamergate from when I had like, 50 followers <laughs> so I was I just, I just sort of like and I don't have like a ton of followers now or anything but I was just like wow I'm increasingly getting like more and more people like DMing me and I'm like now I have to I'm like I'm like I'm really committing to like a persona I need to have I need to have a Mm-hmm. A real, like a real persona that I thought about a little bit more. So it's cute. It's whatever. I. It, what's funny is, is like when we first started doing thoughts and prayers, I was like, um, are people going to think that I'm doing something like cute, like Q anon? <laughs> yeah. But there's actually, I mean, why not like lean it? Like, <laughs> that brand, you know, just like a little dab of like rouge from the cute anon like canon, like smear it on, you know, like let it, you know, you acknowledge it a little bit, I feel like, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean the funniest thing that happened to me today is I tweeted that the uh piss orgy guy from last year who went viral i tweeted that he got fat and he found that tweet and retweeted it. No. <laughs> And I'm trying to convince him to come on our pod because I wanted I want to do piss orgy guy like where is he now? You yeah, know? you see him on Wagovi actually. I thought that's what <laughs> <laughs> like, um Q ninety two of thoughts and prayers. Uh, before we get really started, where were you on nine eleven? I was in my seventh grade uh, history class. Wow! Wow. 1992 wait were you born in 1992 is that your birth year i'm gonna keep my birth year a nun that's fair fair. 92 (laughs) is a powerful number i think 93 is a more powerful number canonically but 92 feels right um thank you for answering i was pretty sure like i just like to ask my guests like where they were on 9-11 because like 
if they like do like it turns out like a guest said something bad or did something really bad and I had them on the show it's like at least in my heart I'll know they didn't do 9-11 you know like that is the worst thing someone could do I definitely didn't I was a child I do I will say that my 9-11 experience was very um I was in a red I was going to school in a red state I don't mind I was I was in my Texas history course we have to take we have to take two years of Texas history in Texas So I was in my Texas history seventh grade course. We pledged allegiance to both the American and Texas flag every day. And I remember we did our dual pledges of allegiance to both America and Texas. And then the principal came on the loudspeaker. I don't remember his name. He was a guy though. And basically he announced America was under attack. <laughs> and, um, and then they we watched it for like six hours. Like I remember that's all anyone did that day is like the teachers just turned on the news and everyone just watched it. And it was like, yeah, that's what happened. We watched it all day. Ritual trauma. How many hours of Friday Night Lights were you required to watch in Texas history? I imagine that's like a major component of the curriculum. <laughs> it's, well, uh, it hadn't come out yet, but <laughs> um, one guy from my high school was in two episodes of Friday Night Lights. Oh, so that's that was like a bit, that, he was like a, I don't even remember his name, but at, at the time he was like a high school like celebrity because he was like still at my high school and had been in like two episodes in like an extra role. Oh my gosh, I loved Friday Night Lights and I think they should do more things like that to get gay people to want to get into sports. Like I get Friday Night Lights, I get why it's important in Texas. I, I, They found the drama, you know, and the pathos within the sport and they like exploited it. And what's her name? The mom, she was so good in that too. So like do more of that, you know, that's my advice to whoever. I've actually never seen an episode, but I, <laughs> I, I did. Um, I was a, um, I was a high school football player. What seriously? What role did you play? I don't know if that's the right name, but you know, I was, I was a center and a tight end, both. Sounds so sexy. I'm impressed by that. Like, wow, I've been wow, fascinating. So, like. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about football too much, to be honest, but this is fascinating. I like, I love to hear about your, like, you, so you have like, I guess it's not a secret jock pass, but it's an undisclosed previously. Maybe well, I was, I was really, ba- I was, to be clear, I was really bad and I quit after one year. I did it because, you know, my family was very conservative and really wanted me to play football. So I did it. I did one year of high school football and it was definitely very formative for me because you know you're like in the locker room uh with like all the hottest guys in the school and they're like totally nude but it was kind of a traumatizing experience for me not to be like too like you know i hate how everyone talks about their trauma but i i didn't i didn't like it there was no. definitely there was definitely some light uh sexual harassment type trauma uh, involved in that experience and then Halfway through the year, I started, I skipped every football practice and I went over to another guy who was skipping all the football classes apartment and we like smoked weed every, every, every football practice we started skipping and we like smoked weed and we like huffed Freon out of his uh, air conditioning. (laughs) I don't know if you ever did that. That was like a thing. I mean, I, I did like a, a mark. I did a markers, like I guess, but not, no free on. I'm not I'm not sure what. <laughs> was well, like. this was like peak. Uh, Thirteen had just come out, and there was that scene where the girls are huffing free on and slapping each other. So we were doing that. 
we would, I would, I was like, Ooh, let's look at porn. I was like, let's look at porn. Like I was, uh, but not gay porn. Well, still like that's, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen how it goes in the, in the pornos, you know, like I, I've never had like a straight friend <laughs> like that in high school. I wasn't, I hadn't infiltrated the um, straight world just yet, I guess, but I feel like um, it was really stressful. You mentioned the locker room and it's like, I think that's such a misconception that people think that like gay guys are like turned on in the locker room, but I, I have, I avoid locker rooms. I like, I've had it very stressful as a teen and still to be like in, in like a homosocial uh, area like that. I think the only people who get turned on in locker rooms are like autogynophiles to be honest with you well, I, I i mean it was complicated because i was like being like relentlessly bullied and called a faggot but also by like really hot guys who were like totally nude um so i wasn't turned on in the locker room but those were some of my earliest uh like i would go home and be like oh my god like i saw like a perfect ass today <laughs> it's, to, it's confusing right yeah in the moment yeah, and i had happened. to like i had to like really confront i was like oh my god i saw like a perfect like ass like what do i do with this this Thank knowledge you. that i have i've seen that now live <laughs> like, i mean it seems like it's uh, it's indelible it sounds like i guess in a, in a way it's a haunting image but it's also like i mean i don't know i think straight guys are un they're unnecessarily worried about gay guys when they need to be worried about each other in my opinion like i know there's some sus things in the in the homosocial heteronormative world in my opinion that i I don't understand, but I do love straight guys. I feel like I'm struggling to get a straight guy onto this program. It's 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 unfortunate. There's just been a series of events, like no nothing nothing inappropriate happened or anything like that. I, I don't think anyone was thinking that. I don't know why I said that, but you know what I mean. Like it's like uh, it's I think it's it, it was just circumstantial. Probably it's probably not their canceling. A, a will come on at some point. I definitely I guarantee that he'll do he'll do that. Thank you for being here, Q, because like I um I, I feel like I had I like opened the invitation. I feel like you had to invite your way onto the program, unfortunately. And that is not like that is not shade on you, that's shade on me because I am not organized. And I think some of the reason I'm failing to book these straight guys isn't not not reaching out. It sounds so wrong to say that booking straight guys, but it's more of just like uh poor, poor management of relations. Like it's like, you know what I mean? Like you could reach out, maybe a letter. A heartfelt letter isn't the first overture maybe for like a straight uh you know guess maybe there's a different mode of like reaching out you know using different language maybe i don't know like, i'm just suddenly having that realization hmm. people like you people are down to talk to you letterhead, letterhead, right what letterhead is letterhead i mean right like I don't yeah know. and you i mean you like uh you i feel like you have um a, a very devoted uh, Twitter following. I, I I know you don't, also, uh, similar to me, like we don't have a ton of followers, but people mention you like all the time oh. uh, to me. Like, I mean, they mention you to me, like, because obviously you've been on, you know, our pod a couple of times and people are always like, oh, Pool House said this or Pool House said that. Said that. So you make, an, you make an impact. I think, I think people really, uh, like someone actually just, mentioned you because I said um I said are we sure Australia's real and um a guy I don't even know who what his app was oh this guy Chris Daly said um Chris Daly 
Yeah, he said, I can confirm Australia is real unless I was recruited into some pool house level op at birth. (laughs) So I literally, I literally just, just had you uh, mentioned like five minutes ago. So that's quite flattering for you to share that. And I feel like (laughs) I, I adore, like, it's kind of cute. Like I, um, like I love my partner and I like listen to your show. Like he is a big fan of thoughts and prayers as well. And like every now and then you guys like mention me, it's just like, it's very sweet. It's very cute. And it makes me feel like. Like, I love our little like world that we've all carved out for and like found for each other and our building. And it's kind of like, I know, I think it's, it's the scene. Man. <laughs> it's really like, such scenes. Yeah, no, it is the scene. I mean, I think it's like, you've had Cassandra on and like, I remember like, cause you know, Cassandra and all of us were talking about, like, I don't remember even when this was like, cause I'm in, now I'm in like a, you know, a couple different like three-way chats, but like with people who've been guests on the show, but like, you know, we were really, uh, like, lonely, uh, a lot of us. And, uh, you know, we had KB from Ball Earth on, and he talked about how during COVID that, you know, in, in England, there was a, there was these, like, meetups for, like, like-minded people at pubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember that, like, blew all of our minds because we were, like, we were, like, just totally alone with our, like, thoughts about COVID. Um, so I think it's it's nice that people have started finding each other online. I am so parasocially devoted. I forgot I was not, like, I am, I forgot I was not in that conversation, to be perfectly honest. I was like, yeah, I was there, like, hello. And I was like, oh, no, actually, I was listening. I can actually tell you where I was listening. I'm, do you, okay, do you have this? Like, I can tell you where I was listening to that. If I hear that part back, or if I think about that episode, I was back in, like, uh, Western New York at my in-laws walking up this hill listening to that episode and just being like, it was, like, such a, um, it's like such a moment, especially when you're with family, but even not, because it's always there. You're right. There's this isolation. And so I felt like I was like on a call with you guys. I was actually I had been recorded actually previous, but in my um in my delusional mind, it was like it was real. And you know what? In a way, it was real. We were, I was part of that conversation, I like to think in retrospect. <laughs> Everyone listening is part of the conversation. That's what's fun about it. Exactly. It was funny because before we started, I was like, I feel like we should talk and not like not exploit our like friendship for just content like even though I'm like even though it's so easy to do and fun but then now I'm thinking the other way like no it's rude of us to withhold our conversation from our parasocial friends who couldn't be here right now do you know what I mean yeah I mean it's it just happens I mean I uh A and I don't really talk outside of the podcast on purpose um because we're like let's just let's just do it all on the air why not you know I noticed that when I, it's, uh, when I joined the thoughts and prayers behind the scene gossip for everyone, it was like very, uh, AI knows his very producer mentality like that. He's uh, like kind of got quality assurance for sure. Like brain, I feel like, and he's just like, yeah, like save it. Like he, I know I kind of, I appreciate that. I need, I need a straight man to direct me in a sense, you know what I mean? And like, I have that partly with my, my producer. I, I call my partner sometimes a producer. It doesn't actually too much on the show but he is my producer in the sense that he's he's here producing and i um but he is kind of like that he's kind of good at things i guess is what i'm saying he can fix things so you'd think he would be the more technical one i, I just don't have an a so you're very lucky to have an a for sure 
I'm definitely lucky to have him. Sorry, my jewel has been freaking out. I'll show you. It's like, it's been flashing this uh, for a while now, and I don't know what it means. So I'm wondering if I'm, if I'm like, we can get into some of the weird stuff now, because I'm like, am I tapped? Like, are they listening to me through my jewel? You know? Well, first of all, yes. B, I think they spread some COVID through jewel products, possibly. There's a whole conspiracy on this. It's like somewhat convincing that this remember remember uh like jewel lung or whatever or like vaping lung like there's some evidence some people who believe that that's related it's like an early version of like COVID-19 type disorder um but I don't know oh but like vaping I when I was on I, okay so I was a guest on your podcast recently and I had like my vape and I was like gonna be cool um this is a fun I didn't actually get to talk about it with you because like normally I would have commented on this in real time but your show isn't really the place necessarily for that we had a very serious conversation going yeah. I struggled to use my vape and it was very awkward for me I don't know if you noticed that maybe it was like one of those things that was just in my mind but it happened repeatedly where I tried to vape and basically failed to and didn't know like what to do it was just like it was like uh, it's like that zoom thing it was something that would never happen in real life but on zoom feels like a thousand times more magnified you know yeah i try to only vape on the pod because i don't want to make it a habit um but i can't smoke cigs inside my apartment um so i yeah i need i need smokes. what it's a brand of cigarettes I usually smoke Marlboro Lights. Nice, nice. I was Carrie, a problem. Carrie, Carrie Bradshaw, but I don't, I don't smoke. I'm not like a, I'm not like a smoker. Like I don't like, I don't smoke every day at all. And when I drink, and when I'm drinking, and I'm, I'm off and on, always like off the wagon, on the wagon. I'm, I'm on the wagon again. Um, and A is also A is sober much longer than I've been uh, sober because I'm like I did a year and then I went back to booze um, mm-hmm. and it was fine it was mostly fine but um, and then I had like I got I got too drunk night and like called <laughs> like a bunch of people I was like crying. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, you got to pull it together, Q. You got to, you got to like, you can't, this is not cute anymore. Like you're too old to be having like alcohol meltdown. So now I'm like four months back with a lot without booze. So I don't smoke weed. Um, so I, I do take benzos here and there. Um, so booze is like my only, uh, my only like outlet besides benzos, but I'm thinking of doing Lent, like no benzos too. So careful, you need to taper if you don't. If you take them, well, I don't. I don't. I don't take them like that either. So like, I I don't think it'll be a problem. And I think it actually would be nice because if I can do it for forty days, um, I'll actually like for once have like benzos in my medicine cabinet. Like I won't. I won't like. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In the bank. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't just like be getting my prescription and then I'll being paycheck like paycheck to paycheck with the pills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll actually like at the end of Lent, I'll have like, oh shit, I have like sixty benzos, which is like good. Like I won't have to like ever like uh, worry that I like don't have them. But 
Um, anyway, whatever. I, I, I have, I have been reading what you sent me. Um, we can, we can get into the, yeah, I was like torn. We should talk about aliens because it's important. I feel like we should, we'll talk about some gay stuff, I guess. Also, I'm not, I was like, maybe like, it'll be good to have Q on because like, I'm really, I'm really kind of a bad gay in many ways. Not really music. I think with music, I'm okay. Even though I have like a straight man sensibility with music as well. I can actually, actually can understand bisexual people only through the lens of music taste, but but like, aside from that, like, other than that, they don't exist to me. Uh, but other than that, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, we should talk about aliens. Sorry. This is a train wreck of a show. And that's like kind of, that's the vibe. It's like, I I did, I um, I did bring my materials. Oh, here they are. Okay. I do have the, the text as well. I guess like I should set this up a little bit um, and say that aliens okay let's just say this okay so people ask about aliens the aliens are in the news a lot right now i guess we would say or ufos and i think we should make a distinction because i will i talked about like what i call visitors or whatever or um and i don't know if i always necessarily mean like beings i guess like creatures from another planet i think extraterrestrials literally to me means just creatures not from this terrestrial okay <laughs> like from this like plane from this planet and whatever a planet is you can be a flat earther i think i believe in all this i was listening to a great space from some schizos the other day and they were talking about like flat earthers who believe in other flat earth planets or whatever and i makes it made perfect sense uh, my point being that like these things are like complicated topics i guess that um can have a lot of different interpretations and i think people should consider that when they come into this because if you have a really narrow definition of a ufo being like a spacecraft specifically from another planet or like an alien being like a little green man like that's gonna be really limiting and it's better to come into the conversation i think with an open mind and just consider that even if you're a very materialist scientific person there could be very rational explanations for these things despite the schizo interpretation maybe that i personally may exude well, it's interesting <laughs> without getting into like all the stuff I learned uh, from reading, um, but just like what's happening kind of in the news right now. It's interesting that like the overwhelming reaction from like our community of people who are interested in this stuff has been uh, total, total like this is a psyop. This is Project Bluebeam. Um, the government's like soft opening the alien invasion thing. Um, and like and people aren't excited, um, which I think is interesting because I thought maybe, you know, when this first was starting, I was like, oh, people are going to get excited. This might be fun. You know, like maybe there's going to be some people who really think like disclosure is happening. Um, but the overwhelming, uh, I guess I'll call it schizo Twitter take has been because I mean, I have like kind of like a couple bifurcations of Twitter. I follow like weird, uh, we'll call them bad gays. <laughs> I, follow, I follow sort of conspiracy theorists. I've And then I do follow a lot of Catholic stuff. Um, and then I, that's the, I mean, those are like the three. It's like conspiracy yeah. theorists, Catholic stuff, and like bad gays, like gays with like opinions that are outside of main so anyway on on like the conspiracy theory schizo twitter oh universally all i saw was like psyop 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 i didn't see anyone really getting excited about this most recent barrage 
For sure. Wait, did you, okay, so Catholic Twitter, though, do they have an interpretation? I was actually going to ask you, like, do you mind? Like, are, so were you raised Catholic? Do you have, have you had a consistent faith? Can you give me a 30 second overview of your complete spiritual journey, please, in 300 words or less? Just kidding. Take your time. <laughs> just- uh, yeah, no, I was raised Catholic my whole life. Like, family doesn't believe in birth control. That's why I have so many siblings. Um, and I, I have 40 first cousins on just one side of my family. So super Catholic family, I would say like 60% of them have actually gone to Notre Dame. Um, so from I one side of my- what is Notre Dame? Cause like, I get so confused if it's like a high school and I'm, I'm actually serious. Like for like 35 probably years of my life, I thought Notre Dame was like one place, but there's multiple, not the one that burned down. Right. No. So like, okay. So there's like BYU, which is like Mormon Harvard. And then there's, then there's Notre Dame, which is like Catholic Harvard. Um, And it's in South Bend, Indiana, which is like a shit, it's like a shithole little place. But the Notre Dame campus is obviously um, very like, you know, wealthy and whatever. And my, uh, my grandfather who's still alive actually like live who went to Notre Dame lives on the campus. So, um, my family's very entwined in that. Like I had cousins whose kids were in the same school that Amy Coney Barrett's kids were in. So like, they're very much like, I have like a, a, like one side of my family is definitely very much like establishment Catholics, I would say. And I was raised like that. And then my other side of my family, my mother's side is like Southern kind of like alcoholic Catholics. And then I was, and then my mother uh, got remarried and well, not, not by the church's definition, technically She's still married to my dad in the church, but uh, when she remarried, because uh, they never got an annulment, but when she remarried, um, you know, in like the U.S. legal courts or whatever, she married an, an Italian Catholic from Jersey um, who are who's from a very like working class Italian background. So I kind of have like I I've all I have like several different flavors of Catholic. I have family sounds like a crossover of multiple franchises of Real Housewives. I feel like it's amazing. Yeah, like, in the, the best possible way. <laughs> yeah, I have like working class Italian Jersey Catholics. I have sort of like establishment mid like striver midwesterner catholics who like moved to dc and kind of had like prominent uh lives in dc like it, they they have like big houses in like bethesda and potomac that's where i was born i was born in the, the dc suburbs and then um and then uh i have my mom's like kind of like southern alcoholic so i was raised catholic I did all the sacraments. I did. I was confirmed when I was 16. Um, when I got confirmed, I was like already kind of like pretty heavy into drugs and like partying and stuff. So I actually chose the, one of my, my babysit, my childhood babysitter as my confirmation sponsor, who is like an unwed mother, which I thought was like my little like rebellion. I was like, I have different ideas about this, you know, but I still got confirmed. Um, and then I went to liberal arts college and I kind of was like pretty Catholic I'd say like for the first like six months and then I got I I started taking feminist studies classes which was actually my major um it was called feminist studies what was the title because I love how that's evolved over time that genre it was, it was called feminist studies and I completely 
um, became an atheist. And like, I was like totally on board. I was like, we die, we turn into dust. That's it. Like there's nothing else out there. Um, and I had like no faith for like, probably, I mean, I didn't do anything. I didn't like, like go to like, I didn't like unregister myself (laughs) from like a Catholic church, but like I stopped going to church and I kind of stopped believing in it. And then I, I guess I moved to New York and I like got my shit together to an extent. And I, you know, got into a stable partnership and I kind of began re like going to church again, a little bit here and there. And I began going to confession again. And then I don't know, like two years ago, it all of a sudden became really trendy to go to church in New York. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? This was never. (laughs) Yeah. So then I started going, I I wanted to see what was happening. So I I started going to Latin mass at church of the Holy Innocence, which is where all like the um, hipsters and stuff were going. Um, And I kind of had like a total, uh, re, uh, alignment and like really took it very seriously again. And I had like a really bad health scare and that pushed me, um, even further into, uh, Catholicism again. And then I, I don't know, I got really into reading about like the Cartusian monks and like reading about like Catholic aesthetics and Catholic saints. And so since then I've, I've completely like been back and I like identify as a Catholic. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm gay. I I can't marry my partner in like the Catholic church. And like, um, I don't have any like strong feelings about that. And obviously like trad Catholic communities, like I'm can't be a part of because I'm gay. Like you just, you're not. It's really weird. But what about the E-Trad, the E-Girl Tradcat Summit? They were like partially tranny, no? Yeah, well, pariah. Yeah, like it seems like the, is that not, is this not allowed in Tradcat? I'm not, I don't know. Well, not the real, I mean, like, so like when you go to like, I guess I could just like talk about, like when you go to like this, like when you go to the Church of the Holy Innocents for for High Latin Mass, there's like, a couple different factions of people there. There's like old like Mexican ladies in like the veils and like they've been doing that for 50 years. And then there's like a bunch of you know, I mean, they are so annoyed by the new crowd. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like the then there's like a bunch of like young, like wholesome looking like couples, like who are clearly like straight couples who are clearly um there to you know there to be uh to like they're participating and typical like traditional cats like like in the traditional sense not the trad cat sense maybe yeah but they're like in their 20s and 30s and they're clearly like they're clearly like doing they're like doing the like catholic thing for real and and i think everyone's I think the eighties or whatever, right. Or the nineties, like the same people who would have always been there. Like that's like that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, but they're going back now. And then there's like a bunch of like, kind of like dissident looking guys and stuff (laughs) and like thick and like thick glasses. And like, you know, they, they're really dressed up and um, you know, I go there looking like shit. Cause like I go after work. And so it's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like any of those groups. Like I'm there to like kind of contemplate and like be calm. I love the Latin mass. I love, uh, it feels very meditative and very, 
it's almost like doing a yoga class or something, you know, because you're, it's very, it's very ritualized. Um, And I, you know, I've gone to confession with those priests. I like talking to them. They have like, you know, pretty healthy perspectives on things. And there are a lot of queer, queer seeming people there too. Um, So I, you know, and I think that they like it because, well, you, you know, everything's in Latin, so there's not going to be any like homophobia from the pulpit and mm-hmm. everything is um, so ritualized that there's no like, um, you know, there's no like uh, no one's winging it. There's no improv going on. Yeah. So it's like it's very much just like the ancient kind of like prayers and stuff like that. So, um, but I'm obviously also like, you know, I understand, like I'm reading Gladio right now and I understand like how um, evil, like the structure of the church has been and how involved it's been in like, kind of like, you know, the mob and the CIA and like all these things to, to really like, kind of like undermine like um, political institutions. But I very much separate the religion from the like structure of the church and actually the new Pope, who's probably not even a legitimate Pope by a lot of, yeah. Anyway, sorry, go on. (laughs) No, he's, he's actually very against uh, Latin mass because he thinks it's like kind of a subversive, um no word for they them there's no word for non-binary in latin <laughs> yeah there's no word for equitable justice or whatever it's fucking tradition it's, it is timeless and these things that they want to introduce i feel like into the church i don't know why i'm passionate either i'm not catholic but i do uh understand and respect it i guess i come from a catholic i come from a mission city in california and that's like a kind of a big deal in my actually they want to destroy it the left wants to destroy mission cities they want to defund it because it's like Native American enslavement. Well, like whatever. Maybe I. Well, anyway, I. My position is that uh, it's a fascinating religion. Kind of what you said about systems. Like I understand that. Like it's the rituals have this like highly personal kind of uh, connection. I guess people have a highly personal connection to it, and I can understand that and like just like the the kind of literally the communion like they're really literally like it's personal but you are kind of being a part of something that is bigger and timeless I get that so much and I think that is unfortunate that like so many institutions like church is just like every other one has gotten so like who knows when it's probably been rotten for centuries but like is so like corrosive you know um but well I think I think now with like you know the whole like uh what is it self-id and all this shit they're talking about like I think the only way to resist that is to try to find some some sort of like uh, connection to like something more ancient, you know. Mm-hmm. And, if, and I, I I think it's I think it's I think it's all you can do because you can't dismantle the like <laughs> imperialist structure of our country. So you know, man, you know, like he's it's corny as he is. Like I get like it's a it's a good rubric in a lot of ways. Like is is what I uh, you know, and not that there can't be new mutations and new permutations of things, obviously, but like. It, there's a difference between, I guess, natural mutation, organic evolution, and like fake revolution, which is, ugh, I could go off, which is the whole entire thing. But I really love this like hagiography of Saint Q92. We got like the the true journey of the, the saint's journey in a sense. And I um like, uh, I don't know, I'm picturing like, well, I kind of like AI art and a lot of people find it demonic, but I feel like we need like a, a Saint Q92, like, um, 
you know, like what's the call? I know the portrait, the tragic portrait, you know. Um, I wonder, I don't know. It's not fun to imagine your death. So I don't think we should probably talk about that, but I kind of got excited by it because it is a messy, dramatic thing. How saints, like I was watching a video on the saints just recently, and it's like, whew, some of them really went through it, you know, to get to like well, Yeah, and we should admire them because at the very least, they were people who uh, you know, like regardless of what you believe about them, they 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 were trying to live their convictions in like a really intense way and they were willing to die for that. And I think that that's admirable because I don't think that there's really any, you can't find a political, um, you know, equivalent to that in today's like modern, at least not in the US, right? So it's like, I think that they're, uh, no matter what you believe about them, they're, there are people that I think should be admired because they were living their convictions and they were doing it in a way that could result in their like horrific murders. Um, and that's, I think very, um, yeah. And I think that that's also like one thing that like, you know, I don't identify as left wing or right wing or anything like that. And I, I said before we started recording that like my, primary like political affiliation is like that poor people should have like a better life <laughs> in our country. But, you know, when you look at what um, like left-wing activism at least looked like in like the forties and fifties and sixties in South America and Europe and in and Italy, especially like the, you know, the way they treated uh, Catholics was horrific. And uh, I think that there's something that like, you know, I think like the left wants to really ignore that. And I, and I do think that like, there's something satanic about the kind of secular religion that's kind of like formed around. And I think it's very dogmatic and it's very, um, I think it, it's interesting. They crit they critique traditional religion because they've created their own um, religion at this point. And I find it very frightening that they have created a religion out of, no, no real deeper belief than um, these kind of like, like, like these virtue signaling things. Exactly. You know? um, yeah. It's interesting because you said you kind of became an atheist when you kind of got into like, like the critical theory world, I guess, academia, like leftist, leftist academia, I don't know, whatever, what anyone wants to call it. Did you feel like that was kind of like a substitute in some ways for like a religion? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I didn't not, I guess like I did not have a religion during that time. Like my religion was leftism and I believed that you know I believed in like you know purity like I, I believed like you had to be a pure leftist you had to um you know you had to rid yourself of um internal bad thoughts mm -hmm. um a lot of the like <laughs> yeah a lot of like the leftist like uh, you know leftism is very dogmatic about many things if you think about it like you can't think certain things. You can't say certain things. Um, they, you know, sex is, sex can only happen in like uh, these very specific ways. Like, you know, I think it's like the Americans obsession with like um, uh, the left's obsession with consent is kind of like that. Like, and obviously watchful eye, it's literally the thing that they're so. Yeah. And obviously like consent is important for sex, but it's like, they go beyond that. It's like, it's not even just consent. It's like, you have to consent in this very like specific <laughs> oh, way right, or it's right. like, or it's like, or it's like not a proper 
way to do it. And it's like, and it's like, I find all of that stuff to be very, um, it just like erases all, not even just with sex, with everything. It erases all sort of nuance, right? Like, it's like you, you can't have complicated feelings about, um, anything, you know, you have to, you have to like really believe their like party line. And it's like, um, no individual feeling. No, you can't think your own thought. You have to, it's a group think. And it's like, it's funny because I think about Catholic weddings I've been to. I often have joked that it feels like uh, everyone got married together there in a sense because there's such a like a ritual of like participation before everyone and God, these people are getting married. And you feel like I'm not even Catholic and I feel like I have a stake in this marriage because of this ritual. And that's like leftist relationship, this whole like consent, like thing, like the whole community has to agree to the terms of your relationship. And if it if it flies, it's great. But if one person raises like, you know, Hester Prynne over here is like, there's an age gap of seven years over here, like the whole like, hey, yeah, exactly. Gonna... That's the stuff I'm talking about. It's exactly that. It's like, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm in a relationship where there's like an age gap and like people like, you know, it's like, I can't, I, I can't make my decisions about that. Or like, I saw someone, uh, she stopped tweeting, but I saw someone once accuse Liz Brunig of, um, of being pro marital rape because she said that she said in an article, like, you know, sometimes couples have sex with their partner, uh, when they don't feel like it because they want to like, you know, they want to, whatever they want to like keep maintenance sex or they want to keep the whatever, like, and, you know, and someone accused her of like being pro marital rape because she was like, yeah, like couples have sex like this sometimes. And it's like, and, and, you know, people have sex for all sorts of reasons. Like they, they don't always, you know, they're not always like having sex because they're like, I am so enthusiastic verbally. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they, yeah. There's no such thing as marital rape, first of all. I'm sorry. I will go on the record. I don't believe in it. My husband does disagree, but or my, my <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna go that far. I guess my point is like like the age uh, gap. There's no homosexual marriage rape. That's what I'll say. <laughs> I, can't I just I think the best the best place to see it is like the age gap discourse. Like I actually literally on Twitter once saw people saying that a 23-year-old dating a 31-year-old. Uh, there was something nefarious going on and like she she couldn't fully consent to that uh, to that encounter. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, anyway, so I don't want to get too deep into all that, but that's I just do think there's a new secular religion and it's not just about sex. It's also like this stuff about race. I find it to be very dogmatic. It's like it's like, um, you know, very inward looking. Right. Like you have to. Uh, cleanse your mind of like impure racial thoughts but it doesn't do anything for marginalized racial groups to do that to sit around and uh think about your own racism like that's not helping uh anyone oh it's completely they've set us back we we, we had made progress i believe we've made progress in this country in many ways in racism like and you, I don't know, you can look back, like they say there was no representation. Go watch a compilation of 80s commercials. Go watch a compilation of 90s commercials. I was recently doing it. There's tons of like representation. Like they have black people. There's like people of different races on the screen on like a fucking life serial commercial, like in 1994. This idea of representation, it's 
fiction, first of all. They they that's and that goes to this whole rewriting of history. That's a whole separate thing. But it's just you're right. It's just, um there's this purity level, and it is very it's very much dogmatic. It's very policed by this like unclear hierarchy of like priests. Like where do these notions come from? Like who is high priestess Keffels is like one like there's just these weird arbiters who like dictate everything. That's not a good sign. It's also like not very cool. And I just don't think um I don't think people really like realize how much it is a religion. It's a world religion. It is literally like being instituted everywhere. Like it's too much. And I think and the idea that like and what's also problematic about it, it makes it religious like is it's like um uh, opposition to like anyone outside of it it's like you become like it's worse than like Amish or like worse than you know like a Jehovah's Witness like the people outside of it are shunned and it's like they're bad and they want they will wish violence on people like I don't wish violence on anybody like ever you know and I will see people online and some of this is like astroturfed or whatever there's a lot of fake bullshit online for sure but there's an anger in their hearts when like someone they don't like dies like they will rejoice that's that's like a that's an anti-religion that's like we're inversion of like as bad as like the catholic church has gotten in their like um practices maybe as an institution the like fundamental core values are not about like celebrating the death of your enemies you know it's an inversion yeah, and and, the, and they're black and white too like it's like i was you know i was talking about the sex stuff like if like if like sex doesn't happen between like two exactly the same age people and like or whatever it's bad if you get an abortion it's good it's a hundred percent good all the time there's no possibility that it could be bad and it's like that's what catholicism that's what like, religion was too it was like you know oh sex should only be between a man and a woman in marriage and abortion is always bad and it's like somehow they've created like this whole other uh, arrangement where they're just as dogmatic about everything too and it's like and it's like it doesn't account for real, like I was reading Kat Marnell's uh, like memoir recently. I didn't get through it, but I read some of it. And there was like a few things that I thought were interesting in it. Like she talked about her first sexual experience and how she was like wasted. And she was like, I was like in and out of consciousness. And then she said, but it wasn't rape, LOL. Like um, I still pass out during sex, you know? And like, that's, that's like her, that's like her reality. Like that's her decision to to decide what's, what's violating for her and what's not like someone else. And that's the same way I feel about this age gap stuff. It's like, you don't get to decide what's uh violating for someone or not like they get to decide that and like you can't uh you can't decide that for them and then i was thinking about how um oh the other thing she said is she got an abortion at five months she writes about it in the in the memoir and she was like i felt like i murdered my baby she said that she was like that's what i felt like happened mm -hmm. And I'm like, again, someone would tell her that's a wrong thing, thing to think, but like, that's, she gets to decide, like, uh, you know, I, I thought that was refreshing about her memoir. I was like, she gets to decide what these experiences has been for her. You don't get to decide. And it's weird that like, in this like rejection of religion, they've just created a new religion where they get to decide how people should um, mm -hmm. feel about their own experiences, you know?
differently. And it's paired with this, okay, what's paired with this, like, um, it's a secularization paired with this, like, scientism that is, like, not really science. It's, like, a prescribed kind of science that goes hand in hand that justifies everything they're doing. It's like, no, we believe in science, which tells us that all, like, that, you know, that man, like, that all of these, like, they have this fake science that kind of upholds their fake religion, essentially. And I feel like, um, I, I feel like I had a great point with that, but I definitely tripped over everything. But no, my point is that, like, oh, the science part of it is uh, relevant, though, in the sense that, um, I don't know, I was going to try and tie it into UFOs for some reason, but we don't have to go, oh, no, I was going to say this. So so there's, like, this globalization, there's this secularization, and it's a discounting of man's, like, innate spirituality in a lot of ways. It's like, you don't have a soul, but you have this gender ID. You have, like, um, no God, but we have, like, no original, you know, like, there's no, the morality is all dictated from a place not of uh, creation and being a, a subject of creation. And I believe that we are creation of a, a divine entity, I guess. Like, I don't, I guess just to disclose, like, I don't consider myself Christian, mostly just out of technicality. Like, I feel like it's disrespectful to Christians to say I'm Christian, because I believe in too many crazy other things, I guess. But I do think of Christ as, like, the king of this age, if that makes sense, and as, like, the person the entity, the spirit reflective, I guess, of like uh, our ultimate redemption. But Mike, where I draw the line, I guess what's hard for me is like, I don't think Jesus had to be a real person for Christianity to work as a functional religion. In fact, in some ways, if he is not real and he's being kind of made real through everyone's belief in him, that actually validates the Christianity twice as hard in my book, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. The point being is that I do believe that we have these spiritual things and this woke kind of religion wants people to not believe that they have a creator. They don't want to believe that we could have spirit bodies. They don't want people to believe that some um, redeeming force can come and save the world through the sheer grace of our creator and the like faith of mankind. They want people to be very distanced from any notion of that. They want us to think we're these little beings on a speck of rock in the middle of a big sea, a big fake space. And it's like, yeah and like and they, think, and they and they think that we get to decide right they're like they're like you know uh like two men uh can have a baby and like we get to decide like you know these like these like things that are like uh, it's just like it's like and it's all science right like that horrible article that we were talking about on the on the pod when you came on thoughts and prayers about like using brain dead women as like wounds. Oh, yes. like it's yes. like it's like but they're like but they're like we like we are the we get to we can make our own uh reality <laughs> you have to accept it it's not just like we decide like fine people want to do things i'm mostly fine with people living their lives they way they want to live them but there's no uh permissiveness of anybody like ob objecting to it there's no allow there's no opting out there's no i can't even like criticize it you can't even be like i go along with this mostly but i have like a couple questions about these few things in this one uh aspect it's like no none of that it's terms of service you sign up for the whole thing or you like are out, you know, you're, or you're a heretic. Yeah, it's like, it's the same way that like, you know, cis women uh, like feel like they have some, like, it's like, they have some questions <laughs> about like gender ideology and they're treated as if they're, they want to kill uh, trans people. And like, that's most women I know, like, that's not, that's not what they're coming. There's not, that's not what they're coming at it with. They're just, they have some like, you know, like, the, the, and it's, it's, it, I do understand what they're saying. Like, they're like, I was socialized 
as a woman my entire life. And that has mattered for what that's meant for my existence. And I'm not sure that someone who wasn't socialized in that way can really like lay claim to this identity. And I want to talk about it. And it's like, they're not, and then I think it, and then I think what it does sadly is it pushes everyone to extremes and it makes like, it makes like, it it does actually make people uh, even more radical and even more scary. derail things you know someone mentions like non-binary bathrooms and I just in my very boomer way I just kind of go off and derail it but actually I think that's important because actually let's set it up this way like where does the church um kind of stand like or does like your um does your Catholicism inform your view on aliens in any way I think that'd be interesting to know yeah, I mean, it does because I think that like the idea that like an almighty creator like couldn't have created like other iterations of uh, beings is uh, like a weird thing to think. It's like you speak for God. Like, I don't think so. Um, so it does inform it in that way. Um, I also think it's like undeniable that I mean we don't even know what's what's going on like there's so much you know we we can't even like I don't even know what percentage but like we don't even see 70% of the universe like dark matter and shit like that so I'm like I'm like how can you claim that you understand everything that's going on or that your material perceptions of what's going on are even true um, especially if you believe you know, in an, in an almighty power. And then I was, I, you know, I was thinking about how, when I was reading the, the document you send me, I was thinking about how a lot of these, uh, alien sightings were wrapped up in, uh, the Catholic church. Like there was the Fatima, the, uh, you know, that was like considered a miracle by the Catholic church, like 40,000 people saw something in the sky. And, you know, so there, there's a lot of crossover, Um, I don't know, like, I can't say that I have, like, firm beliefs about, besides the fact that, like, I I do think that, like, there are people on the planet who do know about more than they, than, than, than they let the public know. I believe that a hundred percent. Not especially, I guess I should say, but I think the church is one of the Catholic church is one of the institutions, uh, if there, if there were to be a hierarchy that uh, knew the things that kind of like what you just described that were very much more in the know, part of that hierarchy would be represented by the uh, uppermost parts, I think, of the Catholic Church. Yeah, and it also, everyone always tries to use this thing like, oh, like, you know, all these UFO sightings like happened like post-industrial revolution. And I'm like, well, that makes total sense to me because like, you know, well, first off, like, how do we even, let's just like, let's just get even crazier with it. Let's get really crazy. Like, how do we even know that we're like not on some like nature preserve, like a a fucking baboon doesn't know that they're on a nature preserve that we've created in, you know, wherever Zimbabwe, I don't know where baboons live. Like, how do we know that we're not uh, sort of on something like that like we are on a, we are on a giant nature preserve and uh we are our our perception of reality is being shaped by beings that we can't even 
begin to fathom. So I think that's an interesting question to ask. I think if you really stop and like look at the world around you, you can feel and sense that there's a lot that you don't see. Um, And I think that like some of that could be explained by spirituality and some of that could definitely be explained by just, you know, there's a limit to our perception and we, 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 we can't get ever get outside of that. Um, and, then, and then I think it makes sense that there was a huge rash of, you know, the like UFO sightings around the time that the industrial revolution happened. And then like atomic, you know, energy was created because then it's like, you know, why wouldn't that be more interesting to an extraterrestrial life that we reached, we reached a point of harnessing these powers. Like that makes total sense to me that that, that that's when they would become interested in us because up until a hundred years ago, you know, like the uh, 95% of the world was like substance farming and like, wasn't doing shit. Like, you know what I mean? And like, so I don't know. And maybe didn't have, so I think, yeah, there's industrial age uh, UFO sightings, but I think, I mean, there's biblical UFOs in a sense like there's like Ezekiel I think is like the famous kind of like this wheels within wheels image and like this like idea of like biblical angels being these like scary kind of creatures like of the Old Testament and I think part of me wonders is um is the UFO is the alien quote-unquote really that or is it what our brain is kind of interpreting it as because that's just making sense of something incomprehensible it's like confronted by something that it's literally cannot fucking understand because it's from another dimension not even like another planet maybe but like a heavenly realm or some other fucking place and it's like ah your brain's just like oh my god like if you really saw what it was you probably would fucking die because it's so hideous and terrifying so your brain is like in the industrial age your brain is gonna see like a fucking steampunk like airship starship maybe but then in like the 1920s you're gonna see maybe more of like a old timey plane type of ufo i don't know and they get more sophisticated they appear different in different times but i feel like it's almost more reflective of like what you were saying perception because the limits of perception people people think what we see in the world is like it's a trip but like there's a paper you can find from like 1980 called uh it's like varuna i learned i learned about this in in stupid school when i went to my stupid academic school <laughs> so i learned about uh varula and varuna martorella okay the frog's eye no wait back it up the paper is called the frog's brain tells the frog's eye what to see and most people think and they, these biologists did a uh, like a dissection of the frog and they expected the eye would have all these signals to go to the brain to interpret it but they found that like the brain tells the eye what to see so you're you're not perceiving through your senses you're perceiving through something else you're perceiving through something higher and so when you mentioned like perception like somebody else could be controlling our perception like i think somebody is but it's kind of us in a way like we we shape our own perception from another plane and once you start to entertain that possibility then it's like well what is this plane and what else could be out there i guess That's if, if you if you've never like no one can say that they've never had an experience of something that they can't explain like i like have i've seen like you know i have like a ghost story i've, I've saw a ghost ones like i saw like a being in my room i couldn't explain why it was that i couldn't explain that why it was there i know i saw it and you know and then it was gone in a way that like it couldn't have possibly have been gone or like if you've never walked down the street and thought like i've been here before like everyone is i think if they're honest with themselves have had experiences like that where they're like i've done this before or like i've experienced this before or i've perceived this before and i think everyone has 
those um you like, know yeah, like synchronicities yeah. too like I've, I've had that's a weird one but like where you just have strange coincidences that like are not particularly meaningful but they're also not insignificant I guess like uh, I know like young talks has a whole thing on synchronicity but like I've experienced those a lot in my life and they're very just strange uh strange themes or like motifs that pop up or like word a lot of times that's like um a word said is like on the screen or somebody says something at the same time I see it like in an unrelated text or something like it's it happens and I think like that starts to point to almost like yeah, like, a, like what kind of you said, like a preserve or a simulated or a, a vector of like, um, I don't know, like a reality that's kind of like gamified almost, I guess, in a sense. It's like not quite exactly the objective materialist thing that we're supposed to think it is. Yeah. And why, I mean, like, you know, if you just start really thinking about things, it's like there's a huge landmass on our planet that we're not allowed to go to, um, Antarctica. We are a, a civilian cannot, a, even a really wealthy civilian, you know, like legally cannot just like build a sh- their own ship and take and take and go there and see what's there. Uh, and that's very like controlled. And so, I mean, that's interesting that there's a, a continent that's, you know, I don't know how big it is, but I'm assuming it's as big as like North America it's bigger Maybe. than Australia. I saw that recently. I think it's way bigger than we think it is. It's a huge ass continent. Yeah. So we don't know what's there. And then I was like thinking a lot about when I was reading all these, like this timeline you sent me, like, you know, um, this idea that there's, you know, like hollow earth theory, like there's beings inside the earth. Like we don't, we don't, um, we just can't discount anything because it's like, we don't know. And like, we can't, Exactly. Who writes the history books? The Rockefellers and the fucking like, you know, all these same, these same people like our history is fed to us by like, like, like by corporations and propagandists, you know, like, where do we get the things that we know about like the last hundred years, even those don't come to us like through our grandparents stories or through lived experience. They come through us through like repackaged memories, basically, you know, through media hollywood and then like the formal education system um and so we okay so i sent you this like really fucking crazy pdf that's like three thousand pages um it's called okay i'll link to it in show notes it's called matrix i think volume two um this guy like valerian i don't know much about him but he has like a research foundation i love like artifacts like this because they're just weird and it's just like this like compiled I would call it like a samizdat like it's like a weird compiled compilation of like uh just resources his writing interviews about UFOs um the early 90s this is like thing from 91 he has like a series from like 88 to like 94 a few installments of these huge compendiums of just like insane schizo UFO knowledge um and this is around a time that starts to come to the surface, like this guy named Bob Lazar. I think he's mentioned elsewhere in this huge, huge document. He was like a um, government physicist who worked for like a top secret lab. And he basically came forward and was like, Area 51 in Nevada is like a top secret like um, base. And he had all these security clearances. And he proved that he worked for the government. And he said they're doing all this UFO stuff. Um, subsequent to that, he died. But then some people think he was kind of like an op. Um, and there's like a lot of material for him in this book. Anyway, so this period of time is kind of shaped by this uh, government whistleblower 
where people start to share information online. So this is the kind of thing that would be shared like amongst like Usenet groups, like which is like old school Twitter <laughs> for the, the youths out there. There were like old black and white computers that just had text on them and they would just like have to um, share information just via text and like email. And email was ugly too. Everything was like ugly online, but they had these PDFs and they would share them and there would be videos. They probably, uh, oh yeah, there's lots of videos and talk radio would be the other main medium for sharing this kind of information. And so all those kind of media sources um, should they, like formed like a weird underground culture that is still informing how we kind of, I think, think about UFOs. Um, this, when I sent Q, is a section that's like an alternative timeline. I guess I call it alternative or secret history. I love a secret history. Like I'm obsessed with secret histories. Cute. Like that's my favorite thing is like a secret history or even a fake history. I actually like was like, we should make our own like fake history, but maybe we can still, I don't know. How are you on time? I'm sorry. This is. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just looking at the document is what I'm looking at. I mean, I'm just, you yeah, know, it's, it's just the overwhelming, uh, you know, the overwhelming amount of, um, just you know people that have seen things in the sky and like it's like mm -hmm. if if it was as simple as you know um it's the government doing it or it's china doing it i mean wouldn't it be so easy just to say that and then i i also read this book not in preparation for this pod but i read it a couple years ago called skinwalker ranch oh, um, yeah, yeah i've heard of this yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's cool, but it's like all about this, like these people, the family that was living there is like these normal ass hicks. And I say that with love um, as sort of a hick myself. And like, they were like, you know, they experienced just this, this thing that's like so unbelievable, but it's like they experienced it and they're not, they have no motive to like, or at least, you know, no discernible motive to lie about it. And, uh, you know, I just, and people see things all the time. Like, I kind of think that like, one thing that I like a lot, I, I used to talk, I had a previous podcast to Thoughts and Prayers and my podcasting partner and I would talk a lot about how um, we would talk about like Bigfoot phenomena and stuff like that. And that like basically kind of what we like kind of believed at the time was that, you know, there's um, and this has kind of been proven or at least like, I mean, well, whatever we, we only know what's what we're fed, but like there probably are like parallel universes that um, that clash and align and maybe things like Bigfoot and maybe these like other creatures that, people are seeing are just like cracks in the fabric you know what i mean and like and that's that's just um and then like sorry now i'm gonna get like a i feel like we're both like being really schizo but like i also like love thinking about bigfoot because i'm like everyone's like oh like at this point there would be evidence but i'm like well how do you i mean like we like to think that like okay all archaic humans died off and they died off you know, 15,000 years ago and they're gone. Um, but I'm like, what, like if they did survive in any meaningful way uh, and they had the same intelligence as us, we, you don't think it's possible that they um, could conceal themselves. Like you don't think that they have like, you don't think they have that ability if they're as intelligent as we are. Um, I also kind of have this belief and I don't know why I have this belief, but I, I, I don't, <laughs> this is like a new thing I've been thinking a lot about, but like, I don't think we like really know how many people are on the planet. Um, 
<laughs> I and like I've been thinking a lot about that like it doesn't really make sense to me that like we're able, we're able to have some like definitive number and it also doesn't make sense to me that like you know there's some like uh, uncontacted tribes that you can read about and things like that but I'm like we have no way of knowing if there's people uh, even us even just homo sapiens who have managed to uh carve out um like uh, lives in really remote places and we just we just don't have contact with them you know lost civiliz like breakaway civilizations is like a topic that comes up um you mentioned like dimensions and like bigfoot like that to me could be like something kind of weaving in and out of timelines or dimensions i think well i think that we like my whole working theory now is that like all of us everyone listening to this podcast and that we know on twitter like have moved into the same time. Like we were on different timelines before and we've all moved into the same timeline. That's a working theory. We'll prove it soon. But also like um, that these timelines can kind of come and go. Like I think, okay, so yeah, I have a whole theory actually. Pool House is actually, I have a real life, you know, outside of this podcast, but like Pool House came to be, it's me from another timeline and I actually merged with my other timeline self. And so now it's like, my job is to have other people merge with their other timeline selves in the main timeline. That's the working theory. Anyway, so that's part of that's part of what we're doing right now. And also talking about UFOs is an important part of that because it helps people remember the other timelines because the UFOs, I think, can go between the dimensions. And I think that's where like Bigfoot could be like here today, gone tomorrow, or these like other civilizations, um, or even like like ruins. Sometimes they'll uncover things and they'll be like, whoa, that was like there all along. And it's like, was it? Nag Hammadi, for example, like the, um, you know, the, the gospel, the uh, Gnostic gospels or whatever that they find in like uh, Africa, like in, in Ethiopia, like did those, were those always there or did they like appear one day? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, no one can prove you wrong. Um, Thank I'm, you. Say that again. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's like, there's just, you know, and like, there's so many, like, let's think about this, like, there's so many um, stories that line up, right? Like there's like every ancient, every culture has an ancient flood story. Every culture has, um, you know, uh, kind of like a, a, like a rebirth or like a, a virgin birth of some kind. I mean, these things like are kind of across cultures and it's like, I think this, you know, these things that have happened could have been, could have happened many times over and, and, and we're just, this is just our current, you know, iteration of what's like, of, of like, this is just our current iteration of it, but it doesn't mean that like these things haven't happened before. Um, so I, you know, I think, I think a lot about that, um, and I, I just, I think there's so many unknowns that you can't definitively, and I think it's easy to say, like, I think people cling to like, oh, there's no aliens or, oh, there can't be other timelines or, oh, there can't be other dimensions because for them that, 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 that helps them just kind of, um, it, it helps keep their, like, their own psyches intact, right? Like, Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, but yeah, and also they've been reduced to like almost NPC automaton status by this new world. But can you explain? I'm sorry, this is so stupid, but can you explain the NPC thing to me? Because I obviously like I'm very online and I see it used all the time, but I I like to admit when I don't know what something is and I don't know. I don't know what that is. I like, never do. Just kidding. Just Google it quietly is what I do. I learned that in corporate culture. <laughs> Google it quietly. Start using it authoritatively all in a five-minute flow. Um, oh, so NBC is like, I don't like this theory a little. Well, I do and I don't. So NBC is a uh, acronym for like non-playing character, I think, from video games. They're just like the background characters in games, like where you go into like the store and it's like, hello, Mario, do you want to buy... I'm not a gamer, I guess. You could probably tell, hey, Link, do you want to buy a new sword? And he's like, yes. And like NPCs like bump into you in the village and they're like, hello, sir. Like, come by the wishing well at four o'clock and there will be a fairy. I don't know. Hypothetical. They're just background characters giving information or just being kind of like drones, essentially, like automatons, uh, like ensemble, maybe we could say, or background actors. Um, And so some people have this theory that like some people... The degree of like, um, I guess, investment in this theory or belief varies, but that, like some people in the world are NPCs. And so there's people around us that are like not in the game. They're just like background characters. But that's, I mean, that's kind of my thing about like how many people are on the planet. Like yes. I sort of like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I have a theory. No, it's like, it's, yeah, there, there are some, but it feels like there's less than <laughs> Well, okay, less people in general. I think they're lying about the population. Like, I was just thinking about this recently, too. And I was like, yeah. I don't think there's that many people. And, like, even, like, San Francisco, which isn't as big of a city as people think, it's like, I don't know, just the numbers seem inflated to begin with. But I was like, what if there's only so many souls available per planet, let's say? And, like, that's, like, do you know the Georgia Guidestones? Have you ever heard of those? No. No. <laughs> they're just these annoying, like, they're, like, an annoying sculpture that were mysteriously built in Georgia uh, that stood for, like, 20 years and were recently destroyed. They're kind of coded New World Ordery because they are just these weird inscriptions that are, like, the planet must be kept in perpetual balance with nature by keeping it under the pop the population under 500 million and, and like it has all these like weird it has all these like weird kind of like 10 commandments for a new world order essentially they appear overnight in like the 80s i think um and then they just like were destroyed recently and they're just always been part of like conspiracy lore a little bit um they kind of seem they read kind of like yeah like a protocols for a a, a united nations like wet dreams sort of um but then i started to think like what if it was true and like, what if there are NPCs? Like, what if we exceeded the number of souls allocated? And so there's some flesh bodies like that are born without souls. Hear me out. But like, this is a wise, dangerous thinking because it leads quickly. Clearly, you can see where this could go uh, fascist like really quickly if you start to say certain people are not like really people, they're NPCs. It's, it's not great rhetoric, but I think that those people can be given souls or can earn souls. And that's like our job is to help them get souls through acts of charity and faith that's like the whole like fucking that's the whole thing that's like the christianity of it or whatever and then jesus will come back and then give them souls i guess probably or whatever yeah i mean i like to i think we all like narcissistically want to believe that like we're in end times Mm. um uh because i think it's nice to like imagine the the world is going to end with us um but I kind of do feel like we are like cool, right. I feel like there's multiple. I think end times are not like there's. I don't think it's end times. Probably end times, end times, end times. Like matter is blown into smithereens. But like, 
there's probably I feel like I know that's like the like lib justification right is they're just kind of like always like oh the the book of revelations was about the year 1000 or whatever and it's like it's not it's they've explained it you know they've debunked revelations (laughs) in like in pc world but like it is true in a sense like the these things happen and like aliens come and go and revelations come and go and end times kind of come and go and uh, I don't know yeah I mean I think yeah I don't know that's what I'm saying like this could end it doesn't mean everything's gonna end I think we're gonna like, be around for it well yeah no it could end but I think I don't know that's what's kind of cool though do you feel like do you read the bible sometimes now differently than you did before does it feel like does it hit different Yeah, I need to read the Bible more is the truth um, than I do. That's another like possible Lenten promise is to, uh, is to, is to like get back into reading it. But um, yeah. I use it like kind of like for fortune telling. Like, see, this is like where I'm getting into trouble with like not being a real Christian is like, you're not supposed to really believe in like doing magic. I know Jesus is like, like you don't need to do the old ways. Like I I talked, I talked to a psychic, um, a couple times a year and she's Catholic and, and actually like, you know, um, going to get all lib on you guys for a minute, but, uh, uh, like, you know, non-white, uh, Catholic cultures like in Mexico and stuff very much believe in like mysticism and things like that. So I think Coca-Cola is medicine. So, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm just, I guess my point is, is that like, you know, I think American white Catholics are very much like, oh, all this stuff is demonic and evil, but actually it's like, um, a lot of, a lot of particularly non-white, uh, like Catholic, um, like cultures, like do have a mix of those things. And, um, even the saints, right. They're kind of magic. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing I think that's also an interesting, weird project of liberalism is to like detach you from your, um, ancestral lineage, you know? Um, and like, it's sort of like your ancestors were bad. Um, and (laughs) yeah, worse than bad, like the worst, the evilest. And you should, um, not try to have any like connection or allegiance to your ancestors. You should have a connection or allegiance to like your, like the people here. And it's like, I, I just think that, our ancestors matter. <laughs> ancestor, li- let me just say this: ancestor lives matter. <laughs> they do. I want that on a shirt. That should be. You should do the thoughts and prayers. <laughs> and like, because I feel like they, they do, and I think they actually matter on like a literal soul level. I think we come into like a flesh body into the world or whatever, and it's like just like I believe kind of in astrology. Like I think the time and place you kind of come in matters, and I think where you come from. And and not because like one race is better than the other. Obviously, mixed race is probably the best, is my kind of opinion. But that's just like my, my mixed race supremacist. That's like a side thing. But like uh, I think where you come from matters informs who you are. And to be able to survive in this game and this simulated reality game world vector, whatever we're in, you have to understand the your player. You're a player. You have to know like who did you choose? Are you Mario? Are you a princess? Are you like whatever? You know, and it's like they want to disconnect you from the ability to turn inward. They don't want you to be connected to who you are they don't want you to be connected to where you came from they don't want you to think about things importantly you know they want you to be kind of more um like what they tell you you are but they'll give you a bunch of choices they'll give you like 52 genders to choose from like but those are not are, are they're not are, they're not real they're not who you really are inside i don't know 
Yeah, and I I think that um you sh- I think that all that stuff is is meant to like very much like confuse and like distract people from like trying to find their own internal truth which i think is like all you can really have like i don't think you really ever get anything else besides that Is that good? Oh, no, I'm good. I wanted to talk about a few of the things I saw in here that I thought were interesting in the document. So, like, I do think you should link this in the show notes because I think people will love reading it. Um, Um, I was interested in, like, all the Nazi aliens. Okay, I was going to kind of go there because um, I don't know. Some people don't know this a lot, maybe, but I don't know how familiar people are with the, like, secret, like, religious tendencies. Like, the Nazi whole thing is not explained to us we don't get the full story of anything and we don't get it first of all the american implications and ties to the whole nazi project which i think some of that's in here as well but then the whole belief system of the nazis and their partnership with allegedly extraterrestrials and you mentioned antarctica before allegedly building bases maybe in antarctica like they're very prominent and when you start to think about this notion that i kind of have and others have long before had before me which is that the nazis did not lose the war but really infiltrated america and kind of took over the world that well, yeah way. i mean that obviously is what happened which is what's yeah. so funny it's like if you, if you read anything about history it's like the nazis didn't really lose we just in america just imported the nazis here and installed them in our in our uh, governments you know what i mean and we just became the nazis long-range nazi deception strategy it's like this like very the fourth reich it's the fourth reich that they why would they they already had the third reich why were they planning for a fourth reich they knew this is like that is the plan right it is like built in and i think so project paperclip is like the famous project that brings um, Nazis over into like the Pentagon, into what becomes the CIA, into the space program, which whatever the fuck NASA is, it's not what we think it is. And I don't, I don't know what NASA is, but um, that whole thing is like really fucked up. And it begins in 45, but I've heard or read things. I don't know where to source this, but like, like in, as early as 42, Nazi scientists were already planning their escape out of Nazi Germany and, and were making deals and infiltrating other governments going to Antarctica. We know about Evita bringing them over to Argentina. Like they brought them, they brought them everywhere. And it's interesting because Argentine, as I like to call it, Argentine is very close to Antarctica. Um, It's just, I don't know. There's, uh, there's a secret history. And I said, this was like an alternative history. It's mostly factual. I believe, I think there's a lot of conclusions or maybe implications drawn in this document. It's lengthy. It covers an extensive period of history, but there's quite a bit of genuine, um, information about the, like, truly the military industrial complex and you cannot talk about the military industrial complex or the public private partnership as I like just to call it. Cause it's what it is. It's it's a world global alliance between business and state. And it is very much tied to whatever the UFOs are. Yeah. There was another one I wanted to ask you about besides the Nazi one. So in 1929, Admiral Byrd conducts expeditions to both Mm -hmm. poles. A newsreel shown in American theaters described both journeys and shows photographs of mountains, trees, rivers, and an animal described as a prehistoric mammoth. Can we, can you still see that, that like I've seen an image of 
I don't know if it's that documentary. Let me find this. And I'll definitely link. There's, okay, so Admiral Byrd, he does a couple. He does that trip in 1929. He goes back in 46, I think, right after the war. And allegedly was to go to, like, confront the Nazis and, like, had gone there. That's not the official history. That's the alternative history. But he did do this thing called Operation High Jump. And it was supposed to go for, like, six months or something. And they, like, turned right around and came back. It was crazy. Um, And there's film from both of those. I have seen film from that. I don't know about the, okay, so the Mountain Street thing, I don't know if I've seen it. I'll try to find it, that image. So I have seen an older fit image, allegedly by Antarctica, that was showing basically like temples, like these really cool, strange, like ancient temples. And that was crazy. Um, May Brussel is this like researcher that I'm obsessed with from like, she was work active in the seventies and eighties. Um, I do all episode on her, but she, she's like the real Uber queen of all of this, even though she doesn't get a lot of credit for it. Um, she, on a program in like the eighties, like was talking, uh, did like four part series on Antarctica that I will link to as well with a lot of, I think, uh, resources that probably are harder to find now because she had access to things that are probably deleted because it was from the eighties. But Antarctica is... <laughs> There's, I've heard that there's like tropical parts of Antarctica. I, there's parts of Antarctica where there's like a pyramid, allegedly. There's uh, Antarctica parts that the Google Maps censors out for whatever reason. They, they blur it out. Um, it's the only continent where like every country has made a treaty and just been like, okay, we're cool not fighting for this particular resource. I think there are beings beyond the great ice in Antarctica. And I think actually one prediction I have is that like one day we'll see a time where men are like called to adventure in Antarctica and it'll be like, like come to Antarctica and like try your fortune at the like I don't know against the guardians of like you know the underworld I don't know what it'll be like but people will go there to try to stake a claim and it'll be like the modern frontier you heard it here first. I mean I've seen the like so where does that like the 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 like the pictures of um where does the pictures of like the whatever they're called the um the, those structures because i've seen that a lot and like where does that come from i feel like that's from like the 20s or the, i want to say it was from the 19 maybe it is the admiral bird expedition maybe it's the 29 because i'm really familiar with the 46 uh to like 47 or whatever the, the operation high jump there's a lot of footage from that one and that one is weird it seems to it seems what happened is they went to go confront the nazis and were like sent back uh, against the UFO technology. And then shortly after that, it's alleged that Harry Truman starts to do, there's all these documents, they're referenced, I think, in this, um, the MJ-12 or Majestic 12 documents. There's this whole like committee, supposedly, that does business or a contract or treaty with extraterrestrials, quote unquote. I think they're the beans. I think they're down in Antarctica. And I think that they, that's when the national security state starts to really become um I think the National Security Act is 1946. That's when you really start to have a true military industrial complex. I think that's when they actually start to outsource the government to the private sector and form uh, a super government beyond the the federal apparatus. Here's my question. What do, like, so those pictures that I've seen, like, what does the, is the official narrative, they're just like completely made up fake? No, I bet... I don't know. What's the debunk on Antarctica? Let's see. Snopes, Antarctica. Like, <laughs> I've seen I've seen those pictures circulated and it's like, and I just wonder if like, I just, I, I'm like always like, what the, what the fuck is this? Like, if that picture's fake, like what, where is it from? 
Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's very possible. It's like disinformation. And it's not real. Um, I use it. I would say like, I don't go on verification a lot because sometimes, okay, I try to verify things. I try to be factual, but like, it's enough of a vibe. Like there's certain things that just feel too, too, like too true, you know, like, and if you talk to people that are Antarctica and they really think about it, they'll be like, yeah, there's something with Antarctica. If you told people like there was an ancient race from Antarctica, they'd be like, yeah, I think Antarctica was frozen in some kind of like incident, like some kind of maybe not the Great Flood, but something else. Probably, I don't. Do you think the sea was always salty? I don't think the ocean was supposed to be salty, and somebody fucked up something in like <laughs> ancient world. Some source. I know it sucks. It's like it's like the one thing we need to live is water, and all the water is salty. Seems really um, not okay. I don't. That doesn't, doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem that's how that doesn't seem how God. <laughs> Would make it. Wait, can you tell me? Uh, I want to make sure I read about this later. What What was the Ethiopian Gnostic text you were talking about? What's it? The, um, the, why am I having trouble? Like the the Nag Hammadi. Wait, the Gnostic Library. Okay, wait. The Gnostic Gospels, I guess, is the proper. Is that there? I don't know why I can only say Nag Hammadi. It's like um, N A G H A M M A D I. I think it's okay. So they're like a gr- group of texts that are found. They're fragments, and they're found like in like Ethiopia, where there was like an early Christian community. Like, which is weird when you think about it, because like, oh, Nag Nag Hammadi Library. Okay, I want to. Yeah, they were found, and it's just like these like scrolls and fragments, and they can first of all they validate the uh, original real gospels and stuff because there was like. Um, just additional copies of those or whatever and there's like lost gospels there's like the gospel of mary and like all the it's like cool it's like oh I, I love an apocryphal that's another reason i'm not true christian tm like i love an apocryphal text like give me the shit they left out the bible it's so interesting like um i know there's like book uh what's the famous one book of enoch is like the famous one like enoch um like has a whole crazy book they cut out because it's too it's too real my very religious sister, I asked her husband if I should read the Gnostic Gospels. And he was like, you can read them, but they're heresy. And I was like, okay. Okay. And so there's a whole backlash against Gnosticism right now, possibly because of my... Well, I also, before you say what you're about to say, though, I'm, I I think that we could see Gnosticism be the, be the new Tradcat this year. Well, it's like everything will be gay and fake. Just like Tradcat is a gay and fake version. Yeah, um, so yeah. Gnosticism, they'll... they'll they'll stage manage it in such a way so that it's fake and gay because already the way people are and you should be suspicious of any like sect or cult i would say from western uh esoteric traditions they're kind of sus in a lot of ways like this stuff but like the idea that gnosticism on its face is bad is anti-christian because where do you think the fucking what do you think saint revelation john john saint revelation you think that he fucking like downloaded that from god.com no he had a fucking gnostic experience he was revealed something like that is where that book comes from so like to reject gnosticism on face value like i don't what do they think the acts of the apostles is about like i do there's Gnosticism going on. And who do they think? Well, that's, you know, you know, what's interesting. You know what they told us in Catholic school, which I attended again, not a convert. I'm not trying to, I'm not a red scare convert. I'm close to Islam. So someone needs to reel me in because it's looking mighty tempting. I've just, I'm just like, I, I went through it. Um, but in, in um, Catholic school, they explained to us that there was the age of miracles and it's over. What the fuck? Where'd they get that shit from? <laughs> Who said that? Funny, because they were like, I was like, I was like, well, I I remember asking as like a little, the priest used to like, um, Father O'Reilly, 
um bless bless him give a little sign of the cross for him he actually left the priesthood to marry the church secretary um for him. So i'm happy i'm happy he found that but um i liked him a lot he would come over to my parents house and get wasted and smoke cigarettes with that with them he was like a really old school priest um but i remember he used to limit my number of questions in religion class <laughs> because he was like <laughs> he was like he was like this kid needs to shut the fuck up but um he um but uh I remember asking once, I was like, well, why, like, God was talking to like all those people then, like, why doesn't he talk to people now? And they were like, oh, well, that was the age of miracles and now it's over. And I was like, bad explanation. <laughs> Maybe you caused him to leave the priesthood. Maybe he like, he said that and he was like, uh, age of miracles just on his feet. But then like in his mind, something turned and he was like, Hmm. And he was just like, I'm not meant for this calling. I meant to marry this wonderful woman. And ha- do they have kids? He was pretty old. So probably not, but I'm, um, but I'm actually just very grateful. He wasn't a pedophile looking back. Because I wasn't, I was an altar boy. So I'm glad that it was, it was banging the separate secretary and not me. I mean, I have enough trauma. I, w- I don't, I, I, I'm glad that of all the traumas I've had, uh, being molested wasn't one as far as I know. Um, so <laughs> I'm just. But part of your timeline um, merging, you may uncover lost memories. Like I was ritually raped by Freemasons. It's a whole thing. We don't want to get into it now. I know it's, it's really, it's, it's a lot, but we have to talk about it right now. Um, it's pretty serious. So like, but it, it really is though. So I, okay. Well, it really is true though. I think there's a lot of traumas that happen that people are repressing. And I think there is a connection between trauma and like ritual sexual abuse or just even sexual abuse and, the ufo like abduction experience in itself i think there's a connection and people the way they talk about it the way the memories kind of become repressed i don't know part of me is at one point wondering if it was some kind of manifestation of that trauma but then there's also like this invasiveness too and this like probing that happens to people that they report they always they always talk about that and i you know one of my a friend that i consider very intelligent i forget which philosopher she was telling me about but like there was some philosopher that said that the only way elites could maintain uh, like a kind of elite, uh, like like an elite group that doesn't talk about anything is to have a shared taboo. And that the, like the, you know, of course the most, the worst taboo is, uh, you know, pedophilia. And so she thinks that's why there's so much of that uh, and like and like elite institutions like the Catholic church and the government and stuff, because it's the only thing that you could, that would, that would bind them. They would need a shared taboo to even be able to function because otherwise there would be breakaways and there would be, um, yeah, so... Mm -hmm. It keeps, it's a system keeping the elite tier in line and then it keeps the lower to the next tier, the next generation kind of in ritual trauma. Trauma is hypnosis. Trauma puts you into a state of uh, susceptibility. And so it's a way of controlling, like it's social management. And I think there's, I think there are systems of social management directed possibly by extraterrestrials or, or visitors. That's my, this is my thesis and that like, Systems like the church have been co-opted to use for for that purpose. Uh, Freemasons, like every every group, basically at some point that has power on this planet, has been co-opted in this system of like exploitation, like trafficking of people, ta- overtaxation, theft of the wealth, like poisoning of the earth. Like the system is like perpetuates throughout history, and I'm like, I 
blame aliens, not aliens, actually, I shouldn't say that. I blame the visitors who I believe are like, just not from here and they need to go home. Like we're done. I, you know what? Uh, I, I know I, I do have to wrap up. But, but <laughs> yeah, you know, one thing that that's I just wanted to say is, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's crazy how many, um, like I was in Mexico recently and I, I was in this like little tiny town and there was a Freemason lodge just Ooh. in the middle of this town. It's interesting. They've always been in the middle of towns. You just didn't notice them. That's my hypothesis. I know. I just remember walking past it and I was like, oh my God, there's a Freemason lodge here in this like middle of nowhere, like tiny Mexican town. Like, you know, actually, well, they're beautiful structures. They're Mason. You know, they're literally like a holy architects of the temple. And I, uh, it's like, like many things that's complicated. I, I have uh, family members um, involved and I'll just say that. And then people I love involved in the, in the, the brotherhood, um, but like everything in systems, not people. I have no problem with any individual person on their pursuit of something. But like these systems tend to get corroded and co-opted and bad things happen. And that's why we are like doing what we're doing. We're decentralizing. We're making up our own things and we're doing our own way parasocially uh, together as like friends yeah. and sisters. And I, I, like, agree. I, I want to I actually want to like I want to end I want to end on the one story that I think you'll find fascinating. So. When I was in high school, I got an invitation to a Freemason lodge and I went because I was like really curious, you know? Um, and it was such a weird experience because it was like all these guys, very nerdy guys like me. And then at one point they brought out all these like very beautiful teenage girls who were sort of like, um, they weren't dressed like ritualistically. They were just dressed kind of like hoes, but they like um, like teenage hoes, like regular clothes, like <laughs> Forever Twenty One or whatever. But they like were like what seal? <laughs> yeah, they were like they came around and like the whole their role seemed to be to like socialize with the boys and make the boys think if I join this, like I'll have access to these like girls, you know what I mean? And it's like, and, and the, and the girls seem to very much like understand their role and they were like our age. And it was like, I just remember it was like the weirdest experience. And like, obviously it was not working on me because I was gay and like, you know, I, 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 I was just like, your hair, your hair is so nice. Like, tell me, like, how did you do it? But like, it was just, it was a weird experience. And I, I, I did go and I did go to one meeting and that's what happened. That was like, at some point in the meeting, they had these kind of like teenage girls come out and sort of just like, I don't know if they were daughters of the, like, you know, the mem- the full members or whatever, but they had them come out and sort of like, it seemed like their role was to sort of, uh, like to lure like a lure kind of yeah yeah but obviously they were going through something too because they were being told to do that and it it was just the whole thing was very bizarre it's not that different than like cotillion in a lot of ways i guess no it's not i mean it's like it's upholding like hierarchies of traditional gender norms in a lot of ways this is how societies matriculate i guess or whatever and i don't even know that's how i Anyway, I don't think I used that word right. Anyway, the point being, these are systems, they're fine, but people get caught up in them and bad things sometimes do happen. And um, that's, I'm glad though that you didn't actually know my real point is I'm glad you didn't, like you had an opportunity to become like a jock football player, like Freemason, like 
council member maybe or like a congressman from texas perhaps i don't know like i'm picturing like there's this other path that, there's another timeline where saint q would not have become saint, well maybe yeah would not become saint q or a priest do you think you could have ever become a priest would that have ever happened i think all that could have been possible for me but i think jesus protected me by making me gay <laughs> i really <laughs> believe that the proper timeline so that we could all we could meet i'm really glad that we did q and it's like um i it's i'm genuinely it just like touched that have you here and just be able to talk to you um um, thank you for like all the kindness you have been you've been incredible and hospitable to me and I just genuinely like appreciate you as a person a friend as a guest and as a poster and I think thank you 92 the rain will be magnificent long and magical that is thank my you. proclamation thank you pool house I enjoyed this I adore you I am um, where can people find you online just at just at St. Q92. That's it. That's the only place you can find me. I don't have a sub stack. I don't have anything else. And you can also uh, subscribe and listen to Thoughts and Prayers on Spotify. That's T-H-O-T-S. Um, Thoughts and Prayers on Spotify or Apple or wherever, wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We needed some votive candles for St. Q, I think. That's on the to-do list for yeah. um, Thank you so much, Q. Have a wonderful evening and we'll talk soon. Talk soon. Bye.